Today's Bible reading comes from Colossians 4, verses 2 to 6. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the word, to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. This is God's Word. Well, good morning, everybody. I want to take you on a journey this morning uh, to a train compartment. Uh, I was sitting in this compartment in a train. Uh, looks something like this one. It's coming up on your screen. And uh, other passengers were coming in. Uh, we were about to start on a 12-hour journey. Uh, and there's that awkward time when people are putting their luggage away and you're looking around to see what have we got here? You know, who am I going to be sharing this space with? That's a significant chunk of my life, 12 hours. Uh, are they going to be, you know, people who are going to talk all night or people who are not going to say anything for 12 hours or are they going to be political activists? What, what, what's going to happen here? So you know the scenario, it's a little bit awkward. So we all got settled in and uh, the train pulled out of the station and the guy next to me turned to me and these are his words. He said, what do you Christians believe about salvation? Uh, I'd been in the country for eight weeks, I think. I did not stop to think, Lord, is this why you brought me to the other side of the world? I had a great discussion with this guy about the good news of Jesus and why Jesus came and why he died and so on. Now, this has probably not happened to you. It may have. Uh, that incident happened to me 39 years ago. And I've not been asked that question since. Uh, but I've had many, many conversations with people that have gone a similar direction and talked about how great Jesus is and how he came and died for us and so on. When somebody asks you that question, you absolutely, if you're a Christian, you need to be ready to answer it. You don't just sit there like a goldfish with your mouth open and say nothing <laughs> with bubbles coming out of it. You actually need to be able to Point them to Jesus clearly. Uh, and we get opportunities every week to do this, you know. We get visitors coming to our church. Uh, last week I spoke to two visitors, first time in church, uh, one guy first time in church forever in his whole life. And I, I had a lovely 35 minutes talking with him about Jesus. And he was hungry to hear it. Uh, he's just waiting for somebody to talk to him. So what we're doing in these next four weeks is a fantastic opportunity actually for us to hone up our skills uh, in telling other people about Jesus. It's the third part of our vision. Uh, our vision is to help people to know Christ, to grow in him and to proclaim him. So what we're aiming to do in these next four weeks, if you're not a Christian, we want you to hear and understand the good news of Jesus clearly and I'll be explaining it clearly today hopefully 
so that you yourself can understand what's the core message of Christianity and what do I need to do about it. Uh, but if you're already a Christian, uh, what we're hoping to do in these four weeks and through the study guide is for us to help one another uh, to be able to do this better. Very, very important. Easter's coming up, right? Two weeks away. Uh, and it's very important for us actually to, to be able to speak with people uh, who ask us and who we engage with in conversation about what Easter means. Fantastic opportunity. Let me say, uh, if you're not a Christian, please don't tune out. This is for you. You can hear and understand the good news of Jesus. Uh, and, and if you're a Christian and don't feel a need to tell other people about Jesus, you especially need to listen. Uh, because if, if you're the kind of Christian who doesn't want to tell other people about Jesus, what that means is you haven't really understood what he's done for you. And so I really want you guys to listen up and, and, and hear again the fantastic message of Jesus uh, that he wants us to share with others. So over these next uh, four weeks, we're going to look at four aspects. So our message, our prayer, our conduct and our speech. So the main passage we'll be working from is the one that's just been read. Uh, and so these, we believe, are the four key elements that we need to be across uh, to be able to clearly communicate the message of Jesus. So today it's about the message. This is the most important thing. You can be the best communicator in the world. Uh, but if you haven't got the message right... <laughs> That's actually a negative because you're communicating the wrong thing. So it's really, really important up front for us to, to clearly know and understand the message of Jesus. I hope you already do. But from this passage, I'm going to look at three things. Uh, firstly, it's God's word. This um, passage, by the way, has been written by the Apostle Paul, who was an evangelist in the first century. Uh, he went around telling people about Jesus. And this is a fair way into his life, as we'll see in a moment. But he's asking these people in Colossae, which is in... Uh, modern-day Turkey, uh, where a church had been planted, he's asking them to pray for him. He says, at the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word. Uh, the first thing to notice here is that the message of Jesus is called the word. Now, what does that mean? Is it Paul's word or is it some magic word? Or, or what is it? Well, the best place to look to understand that is to go further back in the letter uh, where he explains it, actually. Remember, this guy is in prison, uh, as we saw in the passage, in chains because of the message. Uh, and he's asking them to pray that God may open a door uh, for the word. That's the thing that he wants to see advanced. It's the message, the word of God. This is important, actually, because I think sometimes we pray, Lord, open a door for me. And I'm sure that would have crossed Paul's mind. He's locked in prison. Lord, open this door at least so I can get out there. But no, he's not concerned about that. His concern is that the message have an open door. And this is really important actually in our, as we seek to communicate with others about Jesus. It's actually the message of Jesus we're trying to get out there. We're not trying to get them to like us. We're trying to get them to understand the message of Jesus. Yeah, if they like us in the process, that's, that's good. But that's not what we're trying to get them to do. We're trying to get them to hear and understand the message of Jesus. Now, if you go further back in the letter, so Paul says to the Colossians, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before 
in the word of truth, the gospel. So what's the word? It's the gospel. He says, come to you as indeed in the whole world. It's bearing fruit and increasing. So these people that he's writing to, they've been impacted by this word. It's changed their lives. And it's a word of truth. It's a, truth in that context means it's the reality of the universe that this explains to us. How God has set the universe up and so on and why we're here and what he wants us to do, all of those things. Now that's great news, isn't it, in a, in a world where we are so confused about what's true. You know, we can't even make up our minds what's male and female, let alone you know, why the world's here and what's our purpose in it, the bigger metaphysical questions. Our, our world is so confused. But here the Apostle Paul saying this is the truth of the gospel. Uh, and gospel, of course, usually we translate it good news. That actually just means news. And whether it's good or bad news depends on how you respond to it. If you respond to it and accept what Jesus had done for you on the cross, that's incredibly good news. But if you don't do that, actually it's not so good news. It means that you're going to have to pay for your sins for yourself in eternity forever. I'll explain a bit more about that uh, as we go on. So he says this is the kind of thing, this message has been bearing fruit uh, throughout the whole world. As people have been changed by that message, it's borne the fruit of changed lives and other people hearing about it. Uh, starting with Paul himself, actually, he was a murderer. <laughs> and God changed him. He hated Christians. He hated Jesus. And God changed him to be the kind of person that loved Jesus and loved spreading God's word throughout the world. And, of course, down through the last 2,000 years, that's continued to happen. Books have been written about the impact of the gospel in different cultures. I remember going as a, I was just fresh out of uni. I was between uni and work. And I went to Papua New Guinea to have a bit of a look around and uh, I worked, went to visit people who were working amongst the Basavi people in the southern highlands of Papua New Guinea. Ten years before I was there, in the 1960s, these people were cannibals. They were killing and eating each other. I met people who had eaten human flesh. And the, this message got there and totally changed them. And they told me this. We were living in fear of each other. We couldn't sleep at night. We lived in these massive houses and they, put, they had to have 24-hour lookouts on their houses. When they became Christians, they, that all went. And they were living in nuclear families and weren't scared of anybody. Fantastic. This gospel had borne fruit. Uh, in their lives, the powerful message of Jesus. It blew me away when I saw it. Uh, and of course God had done a similar thing in my life, although I hadn't been a cannibal. Um, <laughs> elsewhere in the letter, it, this uh, word is called the word of God uh, in chapter 1 verse 25 and the word of Christ. So when Paul says, that, open the door for the word, what does he mean? It's a message from God, it's a message from Jesus, it's about Jesus. It's truth uh, and it's news, good news. Second thing is it's a message about Christ. Verse 3 he says, to declare the mystery of Christ. And now we normally think of a mystery as something that not many people know. Uh, that you know, people with special knowledge can find out. That's not the way it's used in the New Testament. Uh, and what is this mystery about? Again you go back earlier in the letter. 
And he says, it's in, in chapter 2, verse 2 and 3, he says, it's God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So this, is, this mystery is the person of Jesus. And it's not something that's hidden from people. It was hidden in the past, up until Jesus came. To be, the Jews expected somebody who would come and rescue. Uh, but it was a bit blurry for them who this person was. But when Jesus came, it was an open secret. And actually Paul talks about it at the end of his letter to the Romans. A fantastic uh, bit of the Bible I've been digging into this week. I thought, gee, this is so good. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith. So this is an open secret now for the whole world. And we've been entrusted by God with the job of getting this message out there to people who have not yet heard. So it's a message about Jesus, about Christ. So friends, if you and I think that we are communicating the message uh, when we talk about church and when we talk about you know, how God has helped us or you know, how I prayed and, and God helped me to pass my exams or get a better job or get heaps of money or get a better boyfriend or whatever. Um, <laughs> let me say, if you're not talking about Jesus, you're not telling them the good news. Because it is about Christ. At the centre of this message is the Lord Jesus. It amazes me how some of us can give our testimony and not mention <laughs> Jesus. The very essence of becoming a Christian is that you replace the centre of your life, which was formerly yourself, with Jesus. That's the switch that happens when we come to know Jesus. We stop talking about ourselves and we start talking about him and telling others about him. Now, not only is this theologically correct, <laughs> but it's also culturally and communications-wise, it's correct. Uh, I don't need to tell you that People have a very low view of church these days. When you talk to people about the church, what comes to their mind? You know, sex scandals, pedophilia. You know, week by week there's another story of someone who's gone off the rails. But they actually have a very high view of Jesus. They're actually willing to listen about Jesus. The surveys show this. So if we're talking about Jesus, we're actually telling them something that they're quite likely to listen to as long as we tell them in a way that's understandable to them uh, and, and, and which is a user-friendly kind of way. So, it's God's word, it's about Jesus. Finally, it's, it's a message of grace. In verse 5, Paul says, Let your speech always be gracious. We're going to talk more about our speech in the last talk and how we speak with people. Uh, but the reason Paul says that we are to speak with grace is because this is a message of grace. Um, he said that back in, uh, in chapter 1, verse 6, which we looked at. He says, Since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Okay, so it's a message of grace. Uh, C.H. Spurgeon, when he was training preachers, uh, he said, 
when you speak of heaven, let your face light up. In other words, when you're speaking the gospel, let your face light up. He said, when you speak of hell, well, your everyday face will do when you're talking about that. <laughs> so Paul's in no doubt. The message of Jesus is God's truth. It's about Jesus, but it's about the grace of God. He knew himself. He tried really hard to get into heaven and keep all the rules. And then Jesus appeared to him and he understood that it was about grace, about God's favour, about God giving us what we don't deserve. Uh, so this is a really core thing. It's a message about how people who are alienated from God can come close to God, can be in God's family by the grace of God, not because we're good, not because we've achieved a certain standard, but simply because of the sacrifice of Jesus. Now Paul here thinks that this is a message that needs to be proclaimed clearly in verse 4. If you have a look, he says, that I may make it clear as I should. That's an amazing statement. This guy, for the last 25 years before he's writing this, he has poured out his life to proclaim this message and he's done it to thousands of people and planted churches all over the place in the Roman Empire and he's finally now in the centre, in the capital, in Rome. And here he is saying, please guys, please pray that I'll proclaim it clearly like I should. Why is he asking them to pray that? Because he knows that it's so easy not to be clear about it. To, you know, massage it a bit so people understand it, you know. Let's, let's not talk about repentance. People don't like that, you know, or sin and stuff like that. Paul feels that pressure as well as you and I do. <laughs> And he said, no, 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 we've got to get God's message out there, loud and clear. Uh, so pray that I'll do it. Um, so how do we make it clear? Well, the first thing is to have it clear in your own mind. If you don't already have a clear outline of the good news in your head, you need to get one. So that if someone says to you, what's Christianity all about? Or in the next two weeks... What's Easter about? You know, why have we got four days off? Well, you need to be ready to go and say, here's the reason. It's all about Jesus dying on the cross. Um, so let me give you one. You, you should have got one of these on the way in. These are available up the back, always have been. Um, so this, on one side, it's facing reality. So this is a clear outline of the good news of Jesus. Uh, so it's very easy to remember. I remember it. God asked God, what if I don't, what if I do? You've got five fingers. If you haven't got five fingers, use your toes or something. But um, God asks God, what if I don't, what if I do? Okay, let's go. And you need to be able to say this within about 60 seconds if somebody asks you um, before they get bored or whatever. So firstly, God is our loving creator. He made us to enjoy a relationship with him. Uh, for now and forever. And God loves us and he created this world for us to enjoy. However, we, or us, we all ignore God. We all treat him uh, as if he doesn't exist. We all just sideline him in our lives. Some people actually rail against God and, and, and tell him he doesn't exist and stuff like that. Now God warns us the consequences of doing that are death, eternal death. 
the consequences of or separation from him forever. But God is in is loving and merciful because of his great love for us. He knew we couldn't do anything about that scenario. He sent Jesus to die in our place to take the punishment for our sins uh, and to bring us into a right relationship with God. And he calls on us to turn back from going away from him to receive what Jesus had done for us on the cross and to trust him and make him our Lord of our lives. So that's the three points of the gospel basically. That the next two are about response. What if I don't accept God's gift to me? What if I don't turn back to him? Well, I will have to pay for my own sins. I'll have to answer for the way that I've lived my life. Now, what if I do turn back to him? God accepts me as his child and he forgives me. Uh, and he gives me his spirit uh, so that I can love and serve him in response to his love for me. There you go, that's it. So I encourage you to, just, if you haven't already got a gospel outline in your head, this is one of many. I have about four that I use in different situations. But this is a good one, I think. It's very easy to remember and it's clear. And on the other side of it, you, there's a thing about how people should respond uh, to Jesus. Acknowledge that I've lived my life my own way, turn back to God, believe and confess and so on. And there's a, a, there's a kind of model prayer that people can use. Um, now, you, you won't be able to tell, usually, I've, my experience is, you won't be able to tell all of that uh, to somebody in one sitting. Sometimes you get the chance to. Sometimes you can communicate bits of it. And that's okay. God will bring other people in their lives. The research shows that it takes about five years from when a person first meets a Christian to when they join a church, if God works in their life. And they're going to have to meet about eight Christians along that journey. So you don't need to dump the whole truckload in front of them. You might be able to get a chance to do that. Uh, but you can, you can communicate bits of it. Now we're going to talk now to a bloke who does this in his workplace, uh, to Dan Chung. Dan is an actuary, but actually he's actually joined the Great Resignation, which is apparently a thing out there. And uh, if you've got any casual actuarial work, here's your man. Now, Thanks, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Looking for work. Yeah, good. Uh, you are? Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, do you have an outline of the good news in your head? Um, kind of. Yeah, I, I guess the, the right answer should be yes, because you just, just gave us one. So. <laughs> Um, it's not quite that one, but yes. Okay, so what, what's yours? Give it to us in 30 seconds. Um, so mine is that we're all not perfect. We're all, you know, like sinful or bad people. Like, and we have a God who loves us and has kind of made the world and told us the best way to live. Um, but we kind of have rejected that. We don't want to live that way. We want to live our own ways. And that causes all sorts of bad consequences for us and for God. It hurts all sorts of people. Um, but because God loves us, he loves us so much, he actually sacrificed his son and his son died on the cross for us, um, that we could become, you know, we can have, be in right relationship with him. So that's, and that's a good way to live. There you go, great. Okay, so how do you use that in your interactions with people? Um, I guess the, the key thing is, it's very rare that someone asks me like this how to communicate what the gospel is. And so I think what I found is, you don't need to get all perfect the first time you say it because it's a conversation, right? Like, you'll say it, they'll be like, oh, what do you mean by this? And you'll be like, oh, actually, I said that a little bit wrong. 
and then you correct it. Um, yeah, so it's just conversations, and um, I think if you just are natural about how you communicate with your friends or colleagues, then yeah, you'll get opportunities to speak about it. Right, and, and can you give us a story of somebody that you've had a conversation with? Yeah, um, well, I guess I was at drinks with some mates a couple of weeks ago, and we just talked about what's been going on, and we start in, in church, me and some others, we started up a, a Bible study for some of the young adults. And so I just mentioned that to them, and they were asking, oh, why do you, oh, why do you spend your time doing this? And I was able to talk about, um, you know, I guess why, I guess, these questions, I had big questions when I was in university and um, whether God is real and, you know, that type of thing. And so I was able to kind of talk about the reality of God um, and why it's had such a profound impact on me. Mm. And so I didn't touch on everything there. I just touched on the, probably the first and last one. Yeah. But, yeah, that was something I got to talk and, about. And the door's open to talk more with that person, you think? Oh, yeah, it was a whole group of us. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they ask me stuff like that all the time. Like, we talked about... Um, they asked me about, we talk, we're guys, right? So we talk about dating and girls and stuff. And <laughs> they're, they're like, oh, like, oh, why would you just date a Christian? And I got to talk, got to talk about that as well, so. Great. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, no Catch up with Dan afterwards. He's, um, he, yeah, yeah, good, my clothes. Actually, the outline that Dan's referred to is in the back of the essential Jesus that we have up the back there. So have a look at it. It's called Two Ways to Live. And it's, it's quite a good outline. Some one of the ones I've tried to keep in my head. Um, so there's heaps of ways that we can do this um, personally. So we've talked about personally, but also here in our church, uh, we have fantastic opportunities uh, for you to meet people and share the good news of Jesus. You can join, if you're not already involved, join one of our ministries where that happens. Uh, so Alpha, English Corner, Open Chapel, Mercy Ministry, Street Family Chapel, Kids and Youth Ministries. These are ministries where every week you will get the chance, if you take it, to talk to somebody and to share at least part of that outline. English Corner, they're opening the Bible every Thursday night, every Sunday afternoon with people who have not interacted with the Bible before. Uh, so friends, take that opportunity, go to the Get Involved tab on our website and that'll tell you the process. Now here's a few things that I do just to finish with, sort of practical things. Uh, you can just go and sit somewhere in your locality. There will be a place where people gather. Uh, for me it's, a, it's the little shopping centre about 300 metres down the road and there's a, there's a table that, out there in the sun in the morning. If I go and sit there, someone will come and sit opposite me, having coffee. G'day mate, what's your name? They'll, they'll talk to me first. When I was doing my rehab, I hobbled down there and sat there for a couple of hours. And, and uh, I had a gospel conversation every time with people. Uh, if you're stuck for a place, there's a bench just outside on the street here. And I do that. Not when that rapper's out there <laughs> yelling at people and using the F word every second word, but... Um, <laughs> See if you can get there before him, just sit there. And especially when the sun's out, somebody will come and sit next to you. And you can just turn to them and say, oh, g'day. Are you visiting Melbourne? Or, you know, what are you, what are you doing? Here? I've had heaps of conversation like this. And you just say, hey, I'm from this church here. Do you, do you know much about Jesus, right? I don't want to talk about the church too much. I want to talk about Jesus. Oh, 
Yeah, yeah, no, a little bit. And oh, can I tell you more? <laughs> I was out there one day and I was talking to this guy. I said, it was just before Easter. I said, do you know what Easter's about? And he was a guy like me. He's a bit older, Caucasian, scratched his head. Hmm. Gee, um, yeah, well, I used to know, he said. It's not that nice it was about Jesus. You know, Good Friday, Jesus died on the cross. Do you know why he died? He died for our sins. And then on Easter Sunday, he rose from the dead. Isn't that fantastic? I had a great conversation with him. And it was natural, like you can do stuff like that. Um, but have something with you. So you can have this in your pocket. You can give them that or one of these. We've got these as well. Heaps of stuff, different things. This is another gospel outline that's available up the back. Um, but it's, it's good to leave them with something. Say, oh, here's something you might like to read particularly if you haven't been able to tell them the whole story. Say, look, this will tell you a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, that, they're, they're great opportunities that we have. Uh, I think we need to work out how to... If, if, if God's not giving us opportunities, we need to work out how to, how to do things in conversation. So one of the things somebody taught me once was, uh, you know, Australians are great whingers, you know, the government's done this, they've done that, mandates, yeah, Andrews is no good, and all this stuff. <laughs> you can get in a conversation like that any day of the week, 24-7. And so one thing I try and do is insert into the conversation, yeah, it's not, it's not real good, is it? Our world's pretty messed up. Why do you think it's like that? Usually they scratch their heads. Gee, um, hmm, haven't really thought about that. They blame the government or something. and You can say, actually, do you mind if I tell you what God says in the Bible about that? That it's actually, it's because we've turned away from him. He had a, he had a really good way of running the world. And we said, no, thanks, we've got a better way. And what we're looking at is the result of that. And not only has God shown us that, but he's shown us the answer, that he sent Jesus to die for us so that we can get out of this mess and be with him forever. Um, now, in that little conversation, I've told that person points two and three on that out. Actually, one, two and three. <laughs> but God's in charge of the world. He set it up well. We've wrecked it. And he's, he's fixed it. He's done something to fix it. Um, one book I found really helpful, and I'll finish soon, don't worry, um, <laughs> is this book by Sam Chan. Some of you remember, that he spoke at our anniversary about three years ago, I think. He's a very dynamic communicator, but he and his wife and family have worked out really good ways of getting into their community. And so he talks about the science of how people change their minds about things. And so that's really handy. But he also got really practical things like, you know, start to see yourself as a chaplain in your community. You don't run around with a chaplain badge on, but, you know, if someone's, one of your neighbours is not doing too well, well, they've got a, 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 a cancer diagnosis like one of our neighbours got. And, you know, just go and minister to them. Say, oh, look, can I help you in any way? Do you need a lift to hospital? Do you, do you need meals, you know? What, what would you like to eat? You know, cancer often wrecks people's diet. Or would, would you like to come round to our place? That happened to us. And in the three months between when she got the diagnosis and when she died, we were able to minister to her in various ways. I don't know if she became a believer. But there's huge opportunities for that, to just be aware of what's going on in your community. 
You know, people are struggling, marriages break up, all sorts of things. That we can just be there for people. And God will give us the opportunity uh, to point them to Jesus. Now, friends, two weeks to Easter. Oh, by the way, Sam Chan has this thing, coffee, dinner, gospel. So if you're trying to reach somebody at work, let's have a coffee. He talks about this in the book. You get to know them and they say, hey, later on, you want to come around for dinner one night and have dinner with them. And you know what he does? He said, a few of my friends are going to be there. I hope you don't mind. We have dinners occasionally. And so what he thinks about the people in church who are keen Christians, who are going to relate to these people, he invites them for dinner. And all of a sudden there's six weird people in the room who are Christians, <laughs> not just one. Uh, and, and, and he says people, people won't, generally speaking, uh, trust Christ until they know that there are other people who do it. And, and so he, he, he connects those people with other Christians in his church. He does other stuff like... These kids are at school, he joins all the rosters. When they're in sport, get on the barbecue, get on the P&C at school, uh, get on the sideline committee or whatever, don't just dump your kids and run. Um, <laughs> can't do that anymore apparently anyway. You get roped in for something or other. But he said this, there's always that they've, they've been able to communicate the message of Jesus. Read the book, otherwise I'll be here all day. Um, so the next two weeks... Someone at work, someone in your community says to you, what are you doing for Easter? What are you going to say? You're going to say, oh, we're going camping or, you know, we're buying a bucket load of eggs for the kids and we'll feed them with chocolate. Uh, Or maybe you pluck up courage and say, I'm going to church. Uh, That will probably stop most conversations. Why don't you say something about why you're going to church? And say, look, this is a time of year when I'd really like to think about the significance of Easter. And I really want to think again about the fact that Jesus came from heaven and died to fix up this mess. And I really love what he did. And I just want to soak myself in it. And I'm going to do that with some other people. You're welcome to come along if you like. Um, Can you have that kind of a conversation? It's going to go somewhere, I reckon. God's going to use it. We need God's help with this. So I'm going to pray for us and then we'll tackle the questions. Our Lord and God, thank you so much for the incredible privilege we have of telling people about the best news ever. And uh, Lord, we pray that you'll help us, uh, give us courage and sensitivity, give us understanding of the people that you put alongside us, that we might speak into their lives with conviction, with clarity, uh, so that you can work by your spirit uh, to turn them to the Lord Jesus. And we pray it in his name and for his glory. Amen.